The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pharrell on the in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad seat, broken day to bad, I'm with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad rap, bad attitude, bad vibes. So baseball would have had opening day on the 26th, which would have been this week, Thursday, and there's no baseball. The Pharrell Demick has stopped everything in sports. It has shut down every single sport in the world. I mean, they've had some horse races and stuff like that, but the bottom line is there's nothing happening, and it's unbelievable. Opening day is always a great day. It's celebrated. People love it. You love it. I love it. It's awesome. It's fun to watch opening day and all the games that happen. And the bottom line is, I think baseball is very boring these days. I think that it gets to the point where I can watch a Yankee game, believe it or not, and in three innings, I'm out cold. I'm passed out on the sofa. So I started watching MLB Network just to see what they were doing on opening day and everything. And the first thing I turned on that I saw was the top moments of 2019. And of course, I saw the Nationals beating the Astros in the World Series and Howie Kendrick hitting a huge home run to give them a lead in game seven. And they never looked back and they got it done. And I think it's awesome that they beat them considering how much they cheat. I believe that they fully cheated in literally every season 17 18 19 and if they could have they'd be cheating this year i don't believe for one minute that the astros ever stopped cheating i really don't i don't believe that they would have ever stopped cheating in fact i believe that they're actually sitting around now trying to figure out a way to start cheating again I don't believe their apologies. I don't believe their owner, who's a liar, and he's scum. I don't care what anybody thinks of my opinion of him either. He can kiss my ass. Everyone in Houston can kiss my ass. And I will never in the rest of my life ever think anything more of the Astros and their world championship than it was phony and it was BS. I even think the Sports Illustrated story predicting that they would win the World Series was contrived. I believe all of it was BS. 
Literally all of it. Looking back, it gave me great pleasure to see the Nationals actually beat them while they were cheating. Because I don't think that there was anything but foul play going on, even in that World Series. What do I know? Maybe the Nationals were cheating too. It's left such a sour taste in my mouth that I think that all the baseball cheats now. So while I'm bored to death sometimes watching the game, you know, the game just takes forever to get through a game. It seems like it's four hours to watch a baseball game, even though it's not. It's really three hours, but it seems like four because it's so boring. I mean, that's the bottom line. It really is. So then I started watching and they had the top bat flips of 2019. That's how desperate they are. Instead of talking about teams or player signings or pitching staffs or talking about guys getting Tommy John like Thor, Sundergaard of the Mets, they're now talking about Bat flips. I'm sitting here watching the best bat flips of the season. Muncie's bat flip against the Blue Jays in an interleague game at Chavez Ravine where he flipped his bat and admired his walk-off home run for up to 10 seconds. Then he gets showered by his teammates at home plate. Then he does post-game interviews with a hot chick. And then admires his work a little bit more. I mean, the guy hits a walk-off and he legitimately walks off because he walked all the way to first base. I mean, I didn't think the guy was ever going to start trotting at all. They were showing Garver's walk-off home run for the Twins. It was their 292nd home run of the season. Boy, they hit a ton of home runs in 2019. I'll give them that. The Twins hit the long ball almost like no other. I saw Almora hit one for the Cubs against the Brewers in Milwaukee, and he had a nice little bat flip and a little hip and skip in his trot, but he hauled ass going around the bases, so at least I'll give him that. He just hit it, flipped it, and made it around the bases, so I don't really have a problem with that. They're mowing through these things. Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. Let's see his bat flip. Off King Felix. A deep shot into the seats in Wrigley. Way up by the fence. Almost out of the ballpark. And he slammed the bat on the ground. It wasn't really a bat flip. It was more of a bat slam he just lifted it over his head and then slammed it down on the ground impressive too bad the Cubs sucked all season oh look at the big sexy you gotta be kidding me they rank Bartolo Colon's home run and he held the bat all the way to first base literally against the Padres Counting down bat flips. I have seen it all. ESPN actually had the nerve to come out with power rankings on opening day. So they ranked all the best teams in baseball before they ever played a game. Spring training doesn't matter. Those games are a joke. 
Nobody considers spring training anything more than a waste of time and a month to get a tan. I wish I had a tan. Everyone that I know that has a tan has lost their tan being holed up in their homes during the Pharrell-demic. But I wanted to give you a look at the phony power rankings. At the same time, I'm doing the bat flip analysis. They rank the Dodgers with 3-1 to World Series odds, the top team in baseball. And then they even decided to give us some love that they added David Price to their rotation as if he's going to matter at the end of the season when he misses half of it with injuries. By the way, the Dodgers had gone 106-56 and 56 in 2019. Wonder if they were cheating. The number two team with 3-1 to one World Series odds are the Yankees. The Yankees, 103-59. and 59. Everyone thinks they cheat. How were they impacted by the shutdown? Well, Severino done for the year with... His Tommy John, Stanton, Judge, Paxton all had time to heal up. They should be good to go. There's no denying that the Yankees are going to be good. They're loaded. I mean, that's just all there is to it. The number three team in the power rankings, 8-1 to World Series odds, 107 wins last year. They were in the World Series. The cheating Houston Astros. I have nothing to say about them at all. They suck. I hate them dead. The Tampa Bay Rays are number four. They went 96 and 66. They have 25 to 1 World Series odds. Unbelievable. They have so much depth in their organization and they run their system of bullpen. They use all these guys out of the pen to pitch. They have elite defense, according to these rankings. Number five. 101 win Minnesota Twin team from last year with 16 to 1 World Series odds. There you go. They have all this veteran help like Nelson Cruz, Big Bat, and Josh Donaldson. I can't even believe he signed there. I thought he was actually happy in Atlanta. The Braves are rated number six. They went 97 and 65 last year. They have 14 to 1 World Series odds. And they have Cole Hamels on their staff now. Too bad he's washed. The Nationals won the World Series. They won 93 games. They were the hottest team in baseball at the time of the playoffs. And they rode it to a trophy. They have 20-1 to World Series odds going into this season if it ever happens. And they have Scherzer and Strasburg. That's all that matters. But they lost Rendon, so I have a hard time believing in them. Now I'm admiring more bat flips again as we go back and forth from the power rankings to bat flips. Here's your boy Bryce Harper with a bat flip. Boy, does he like to admire his work. He didn't really bat flip it, but he did a nice little stand and stare to admire his work. Then he looked over at his teammates in the dugout. Then he ran the bases quickly. Then he partied with his teammates at home plate and got douched with a bucket full of Gatorade. I actually think Harper likes playing in Philadelphia. Then again, who doesn't like being in Philadelphia? Although I wouldn't want to live there anymore. I have lived there and I had fun there and it was great there. Uh, and it was also great leaving there, to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to stay there forever. No offense to anybody from there, but it is what it is. Here's a bat flip from Suzuki of the Nats. 
He got all excited. And then a Yankee bat flip. There you go. Mike Ford getting involved. No one's ever heard of him. A shot to the bullpen out in right center. And they actually gave him a bat flip because he did a nice bat flip toss of at least 7 to 10 feet. He just threw it through the air and it flung around. And then he got lit up with the ice frost Gatorade douching. Impressive. Here's an AL wildcard game. They were talking about this guy having multiple home runs in the wildcard game. Yandy Diaz with two home runs in the wildcard game for the Rays at Oakland. And when a guy hits two home runs in a playoff game on the road, they win. Pete Alonso with the bomb. And how about that bat flip in San Diego for the Mets? He hit a deep shot to left and then flung his bat 25 feet in the air. Very impressive bat flip. He flung that thing. I'm surprised someone didn't lose an eye when that thing landed. He could have taken out the bat boy. That was a very impressive bat flip. He even admired the home run and the bat flip. Ian Kinsler with a home run in San Diego for the Padres off the facade. And funny how a lot of these home runs happened in San Diego. I must say he did the twirl bat flip. Twirled it around like an umbrella a few times and flicked it in the air and it did about nine rotations. That was an impressive bat flip. Too bad his game is unimpressive now because he's washed. Rosario for the Twins with a walk-off bomb to right. Minnesota getting involved in the bat flip drama multiple times. Oh, Rosario with a behind-the-back bat flip. Very impressive. Walking incognito, then running, and then flicking the bat behind his back. That was high fashion stuff right there. Oh, look who it is. The Todd father for the Mets. At City Field with a deep shot, walk-off style to left, and then a zinger bat flip across home plate and out into the field of play with a shot. The Todd Father. I actually liked him no matter where he played. The guy can't hit, but when he does hit and when he gets hot, he can definitely get streaky. ALCS game two, Correa, Carlos Correa, a deep shot to right to win the game, a bomb. He looked over at his teammates, dropped his bat, gave his hand to his ear so he could hear the crowd cheering and admiring his work as he walked down to first and never started running. And he obviously knew what the pitch was. He had his system of cheating in place and was able to manipulate the pitch knowing what the pitch would be so he could hit the walk-off home run because the Astros only cheat. They hit no original home runs. They're all scripted cheat home runs. Hachavaria for the Mets with a shot to left center and a gigantic bat flip. Derek Holland did not like the bat flip at all and wanted to punch Hechevaria in the mouth. I know you're having fun at this point with all of my bat flip play-by-play and the power rankings.
the number eight team in the power rankings of the A's, 97 and 65 last year, 20 to one to win the World Series this year. They got all kinds of prospects coming up. They're always good. They're always in it. Let's see what happens. I could care less about the A's. Number nine, the Indians. They were 93 and 69, 30 to one odds to win the World Series. Of course, Carrasco has a inflamed elbow. They need him to be able to go. Clevenger, he's going to be ready. He had a knee injury. Now he'll be able to make an opening day start perhaps when it happens because he'll be healthy. So the extra time helped them for sure. The 10th ranked team is the Cubs. 84 and 78 last year, 20 to 1 odds to win the World Series. There's all kinds of battles going on center field. Ian Happ, Almora going at it, second base. Horner and Bote and then Kipnis. And then there's fifth starter battles, Chatwood against Alec Mills. They got a weak-ass bullpen. I'm not feeling the Cubs at all. Number 11, the Mets. 86 and 76, 18 to 1 odds to win the World Series. Bottom line is no Thor. Because, as I mentioned, Tommy John, no matter what, it hurts them. But they do have a lot of other guys, Waka, Porcello, Stroman. So I think they're going to be fine. I actually think the Mets should be higher in the power rankings, to be honest with you. Number 12 is the Cardinals. They were 91-71 and 71 last year, 12-1 to 1 odds to win the World Series. The shutdown hurt. Nicholas, he had a flexor tendon strain. Andrew Miller was having a bad spring training. And they had a rotation spot for Carlos Martinez. They were battling for that. Looks like Nicholas will be ready. Martinez's role is basically in limbo, but I think the Cardinals are going to be good. They always are, aren't they? Aren't they always in it in some capacity or another? Then 13 is the Reds, believe it or not. They were 75 and 87 last year and 20 to 1 odds to win the World Series. How are the Reds ranked 13th? They suck. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that's just not happening. The Angels are 14th. They were 72 and 90, 20 to 1 odds to win the World Series. They're going to be better just having Rendon in the lineup every day. And Otani's back. Number 15 is the Milwaukee Brewers. They were 89 and 73, 50 to 1 odds to win the World Series. I'd take a flyer on them at 50 to 1. My God, can you imagine if they made it? Can you imagine if they won it and you had a 50 to 1 ticket on them? And you got that lineup? I mean, Yelich, they signed him forever. He got 200 million plus bucks. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... 
We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. The Diamondbacks are 16th. They weren't bad at all. They were 85 and 77. They have 30 to 1 odds to win the World Series. I think they're a pretty decent team. Not bad. I think they could be there again. Baseball was in London in 2019 for the first time in forever. And they had all kinds of games. The Red Sox and Yankees and... There were bat flips going on in London, just like in the States. There's your boy, Didi. What a bomb to right center. And a nice bat flip there with the rotation. I think the Yankees made a big mistake letting Didi Gregorius go. He went to the Phillies. I thought he was great on the Yankees. I think they were stupid letting him go. That guy was a gamer. I liked what he did for him, but I guess they're going to give that gig to Gliber Torres now and not even think twice about it. The Yankees think they know everything, but Didi was the man. People dug Didi. And then they had home run derby bat flip action going. Watching Pete Alonso at a match just go off in that home run derby. He was no joke at all. I mean, this guy was just sending rockets out of the ballpark. And he was getting into it, too. He was all jacked up and getting the fans rowdy. And a bat flip galore. When he won it, he threw the bat up into the sky about 100 feet. That was the best bat flip I saw in baseball maybe ever. The guy was just sending bombs all over the stadium. What an effort by Alonzo. I wonder if he can live up to that in 2020, those types of numbers that he put up. If you're a Met fan, you got to be licking your chops. Here's Xander Bogarts with a wicked bat whip. He whipped it on the ground toward his teammates and dugout as he hit a shot over the monster. Too bad the Red Sox blow. I always like watching home runs when they show them with the camera in the sky. Yaziel Puig has had several beautiful bat flips and home runs. Here he is with a pink bat hitting a bomb for the Reds. In San Francisco at Oracle with the pink bat. He's got the whole breast cancer thing going and a nice little bat flip to go with the home run. He just flipped it in the air about 20 feet. Gave a little point to his teammates. I don't care what anybody thinks of that guy and his wild hairdos and his wild behavior and everything else. The guy has more fun playing baseball than just about anybody in the majors, if you ask me. I'd like having Puig on my team. I mean, seriously. How do you let a guy like that go? Here's a fight between Bumgarner and Puig. Madison Bumgarner hates 
Yaziel Puig, remember that when he was with the Dodgers and the Giants and Dodgers hated each other's guts, still do to this day. And Baumgartner takes no flack from anyone. And he just was not having it with your boy Yaziel Puig. And they started up and he told him, don't even look at me. Do you remember that? He said, don't look at me. But you're not allowed to look at Baumgartner? I mean, to tell you, I won't deny Baumgartner had his moments for a couple years there. For about three or four years, he was very dominant. But, I mean, his whole act is stale now with being the country boy, rodeo, tough guy, cowboy that everybody's supposed to be afraid of. Kiss my ass. Getting back to the power rankings, I do like the uh, Diamondbacks. I think they're going to be good, even though I think these power rankings are ridiculous. Number 17 is the Phillies. They were 81 and 81, went 500. They're 28 and 1 odds to win the World Series. I think McCutcheon can get healthy now for when they eventually pick up play. And he's a key guy in that lineup. When he left with the knee injury, it really hurt him. But I think that team is going to be a lot better this year. Everybody knows the Braves are tough. But I think the Phillies and Mets are going to be tougher than anybody thinks. 18 is the White Sox. They were 72 and 89, 15 to 1 odds um, to win the World Series. Here's what I think. I think that they're going to be better than the Cubs. I think the best baseball will be played on the south side of Chicago uh, this summer. I'll give you that. Number 19 is the Red Sox. They're 84 and 78. They're 75 to 1 to win the World Series. There is no way that I am putting the Red Sox anywhere in the top 20 at all. When you lose Mookie Betts and you lose Chris Sale, you suck. That's all there is to it. I'm going to put them in the worst five teams in baseball. I literally am going to put them in the bottom five. So screw 19. Number 20 is the Padres at 70 and 92, 22 to 1 to win the World Series. The Padres don't matter. Texas is 21. They went 78 and 84. They're 60 to 1 to win the World Series. Another team that just doesn't matter. Here's a team I think that's going to surprise. The Blue Jays were 67 and 95. Their odds are 100 to 1 to win the World Series. But I love Bichette Jr. and Vladdy Jr. I think they're going to have big summers hitting. They got a great young staff, a couple guys throwing over 100 miles an hour. I think they're going to be impressive. I'm going sleeper with the Blue Jays. The Rockies are 23rd. They were 71 and 91. Boy, did they suck in the second half. They have 101 odds to win the World Series. So do the Giants. They're ranked 24th. They were 77 and 85. They have nothing impressive at all. I mean, they're as bad as the Pirates. The Pirates are number 25. They were 69 and 93, 400 to 1 odds to win the World Series. The Pirates aren't winning jack with a $40 million payroll. It's embarrassing. The Royals were 59 and 103. They're 26. They're 250 to 1 to win the World Series. I mean, how are they 250 to 1 to win the World Series and the Pirates are 400 to 1? The Royals are worse than the Pirates. The Marlins are 27th. They were 57 and 105. They have 1,000 to 1 odds to win the World Series. They're going to play playoff games and World Series games at Marlins Park because they're going to have to because of the reshuffled schedule in baseball this summer. The Mariners are 28. They were 68 and 94, 250 to 1 to win the World Series. They suck. There's nothing on that team at all. The Tigers are 29th. They were 47 and 114. How god awful are the Detroit Tigers? Pathetic. 
And then the worst team in baseball, allegedly, is the Orioles. They're 30th. They were 54 and 108, 1,001 odds to win the World Series. They're not going to be any better. It's so embarrassing in Baltimore. What a great franchise. Their history to be that bad is just a sad state of affairs down in Baltimore, no doubt about it. Back to the bat flips. Very crucial to keep an eye on some of these bat flips. Juan Soto hitting a walk-off home run for the Nationals, literally carrying his bat all the way to first base and handing it to the first base coach. Dropped it at his feet, actually. Juan Soto getting involved. You usually don't see guys carrying the bat all the way down to first base, but nowadays, I guess bat flips are the thing. So you can do whatever you want with it. But it might get you beaned in your next at bat. I know that much. Nicholas Castellanos with a couple of bat flip home runs at Wrigley Field in the same game against the Brewers. Big rivals. There's nothing quite like hanging out at Wrigley Field in the bleachers and drinking beer all day on the north side of Chicago. I used to live two blocks from Wrigley Field with a hot chick that I used to date and live in the Windy City. I used to go to a lot of games at Wrigley Field, drink beer all day, and do nothing, and be worthless, and enjoy watching the Cubs lose, which is what they did when I lived there. All they ever did was lose. And they're showing Joe Madden, who was the manager there from 15 to 19, and they finally let him go for all of his hard work in Chicago. He brought him a World Series It only took 108 years to win one on the north side. Then you let the guy go. Now he's the manager of the Angels. Here's NLDS game two. Dodgers and Nationals at Chavez Ravine. A deep shot to right. Muncie getting involved again with another shot. And the Dodger fans are going ballistic and waving their towels and hats. He loves to admire his work with a shot off Sean Doolittle. Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, there's a deep drive off the A's reliever to dead center at the drop. I can't even believe there's fans there. Because no one ever goes to games at the drop. But a nice little bat flip for Kiermeyer with that deep drive over to center field wall. He knew it was gone. So he just flicked the bat and went to the dugout to party with his teammates. They really are a great franchise. And all they do is win. And then their pathetic-ass fans in Tampa never go to the games. It's because that dump-ass stadium's in St. Petersburg and nobody wants to drive over there. It's a colossal failure. Here's Muncie again. A Bumgarner at Oracle with a shot into McCovey Cove. And they're racing their yachts to get the ball. And here's Mad Bum starting another fight. He doesn't like when anyone gets a hit off of him. Muncie hits a deep bomb and admires his work. So Bumgarner's not having it. He said, hurry your ass up and run around the bases. You're not going to show me up in my ballpark, you asshat. Meanwhile, it was a 
rocket launch shot into McCovey, and then he gave Mad Bum a glance. Then he gave him the business. I think he almost said, give me some. You want some? Come get it. And he waved his hand at him and said, bring it, you wussy. Because you couldn't get me out. I hit a home run off of your ass. He said in an interview after the game that uh, Bumgarner told him, hit the ball, run, don't walk, don't admire your work. So no one's allowed to do anything against Madison Bumgarner. I think he's a tool, wussy ass. Big tough guy, acts like he can beat everybody up in baseball. Meanwhile, he never beat anyone up, not one person. Now he's going to play for the Diamondbacks. I think he'll certainly help their rotation. Like I said, I already thought that was a decent team. I think they'll be better with him. Of course, his numbers have dropped off dramatically. I won't deny he had great years there. If you go back, 3-1-3 ERA career. In 2009, he had a 1-8-0 ERA, but he never really pitched. So that was that story. And then he started really battering in 2011, 3-2-1 ERA, 2012, this is when he, in 2011, went 13-13. and 13. 2012, he went 16-11 and 11 with a 3-3-7. And then 2013, he went 13-9 and 9 with a 2-7-7. 2014, he went 18-10 and 10 with a 2-9-8 ERA. 2015, he went 18-9 and 9 with a 2-9-3 ERA. 2016, he went 15 and 9 with a 274 ERA. Then he started sucking. 2017, he went 4 and 9 with a 332 ERA. 2018, he went 6 and 7 with a 326 ERA. 2019, he went 9 and 9 with a 390 ERA. So, I mean, you see the numbers tailing off. It's pretty obvious that he's a little bit shot. Last year, he made $12 million pitching for the Giants. And we all know that he's going to Arizona. And he used to have a nice fastball. He averaged around 92 miles an hour in 2014 and 2015. Those days are long gone. The bottom line is he's 30 now. And he was 20 when he broke into the big leagues. He set a career high and wins with 18 with a 298, like I said, and uh, 219 strikeouts in that 2014 regular season. I won't deny he had success in the postseason in 2010 in the NLDS. He was 1 and 0. And then in the World Series, he was 1 and 0. In 2012, in the NLDS, he lost. And then in the NLCS, he lost. But then in the World Series, he won. He beat Detroit in that World Series. In 2014, in the wild card, he beat the Pirates. In the NLDS, he lost to the Nationals. In the NLCS, he beat the Cardinals. And in the World Series, he beat the Royals twice. And then in 2016... He beat the Mets in a wild card game and lost to the Cubs in the division series. So overall, eight and three in the playoffs, two and zero in wild card games, one and two in division series, one and one in championship series, and this is where he's been the most impressive: three World Series. 
4-0 in World Series starts. So all the guy does is win in the World Series. That is a perfect record in three World Series. Four starts, four wins. So 8-3 and three overall, 72% winning percentage in 12 starts overall in postseason baseball. You can't deny that he was... You know, really, bottom line, unbelievable in the postseason. And that's why he made all that money, and that's where he got his reputation and made his name. So the commissioner vowed that baseball be back and baseball be part of the recovery, he said in an interview, and that nothing's off the table as the sport outlines his plan to return from the virus-related postponement. He was in Florida right before opening day would have happened. And he said he hopes the sport could begin preparing for a season at some point in May, but the league will work with the disease experts before determining the exact return date. He said, Manfred, the one thing I know for sure is baseball will be back. Whenever it's safe to play, we're going to be back. Our fans will be back. Our players will be back. And we'll be part of the recovery, the healing in this country from this particular pandemic. Look, my optimistic outlook is that at some point in May, we'll be gearing back up. We have to make a determination depending what the precise date is as to how much of a prep period we need, whether that prep period is going to be done in the club's home cities or back in Florida and Arizona. Again, I think the goal would be to get as many regular season games as possible and think creatively about how we can accomplish that goal. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, getting back to the bat flips here, I'm looking at Acuna of the Braves with an unbelievable bat flip. Plus, he's talking all kinds of shack. He's getting it on with the fans in the dugout with his teammates and just getting all kinds of involved and getting the Braves fans going with a mammoth shot to right. Admires his work, taps his chest, flips the bat in the air. Very high, beautiful bat toss. I love his whole demeanor with the pounding of his chest, flick at a bat, 
and then getting rowdy with the fans. I like that. That was impressive. I'll give that a top 10. They got it ranked at number six. Back to the commissioner. For the last couple of weeks, baseball and the Players Association have exchanged proposals over salary and service time issues. The parties have discussed the proper way to return, the time, place, and fashion. Manfred, in the interview, said we're probably not going to be able to do a 162-game season. I think that's clear. What baseball can do is experiment and make sure we provide as many games as possible and as entertaining a product as possible. Baseball is going to lose billions of dollars in revenue should it miss a significant amount of the season, prompted the teams and players to unite in a desire to return as soon as safely possible. He said, Manfred, nothing's off the table for us right now. I think we're open and we've had really positive conversations with our Players Association about relaxing some of the rules that govern our schedule. They're very focused on returning to play and playing as many games as possible. And when you can have that kind of positive dialogue, it creates an opportunity to do things that are a little different. We're not committed to them over the long term because this year is a unique circumstance but there's a lot of ideas out there and we're really open to all of them the ideas include an increase in double headers and he did not rule out the seven inning variety though players could object because that would further cut into their stat output he said manfred I have said publicly before that there's some numbers in baseball you can't change. Nine innings is one of them. When I said that, I wasn't thinking about this particular crisis, so I'm sure it's something that will get some discussion. Other possibilities include a neutral site World Series to allow regular season time to stretch into October and then the championship series to be held in a warm weather city and an expanded playoff system. I've told you that before on my terms and on Coast to Coast that It could be Marlins Park or ballparks like that. You know that the Marlins aren't going to be in the World Series or in the playoffs, so use that stadium. It's a perfect place. Everybody loves partying in Miami. So have the games there. What's the problem? San Francisco's not going to be in it. Use that ballpark in the city by the bay. Why not? I mean, come on. All right, now bat flips. Again, it's very important to get back to the bat flips. Here's the Mets getting another one. I love it. I can't get enough of this action. It didn't matter if it was in London, if it was in major league games. It didn't matter if it was in winter league games. Everybody seems to love the bat flips now. I'm looking at an old bat flip by your boy Jonas Cespedes. He knew how to do it. He'd throw that thing 40 yards. In that world tournament, remember all the best baseball teams in the world when they got that series going? They even showed bat flips in the Caribbean World Series. Now the top five, early July, right before July 4th. Dodgers, Bellinger against the D-backs. Dodgers Stadium. They had already shown him earlier in the game he had hit a bomb to dead center. And the guy has been a monster in Dodger blue. And here he is for the second time. Oh, my God, a mammoth drive. 70 rows up into right center to say good night, Irene at Chavez Ravine. Vince Scully would have been proud. They were partying in the bleachers out in la 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 lipstick city. Bellinger admiring his words. Oh, what a little chest thumping going on. And the full extension bat flip, throwing the bat forward toward the pitcher, saying, Facial, you lose. 
That's how you hit a home run. Cody Bellinger jacking it into the night sky in the city of Los Angeles. City of light. City of light. City of light. Oh, come on. All right. Now we go to NLDS game four. Cardinals, Braves. Here's a shot to left. Runner's going to tag. Caught. Throw to the plate. Cardinals win the game. Wong scores the game winner. They go crazy. But I didn't really get to admire the bat flip. I saw your boy Molina with a helmet toss, though. That was impressive to win the game. Oh, and then the bat flip. He was at first. Oh, and he threw the bat out in the outfield from first base. So he had the sack fly, held the bat down to first, stood on first base, then threw the bat all the way into right field. Then he threw his helmet another 25 to 40 feet into the air and right, and his teammates mobbed him between first and second, and everybody started partying in the arch city. And now here's Pete Alonzo with the number three rated bat flip, late August at City Field. A shot to deep center off the canvas. And they were wearing all white. An unbelievable blast. Had the apple out. Even the Todd father was admiring this blast. What a bomb with runners on base at third. Alonso hitting an absolute moonshot. And then he grabbed the bat and twirled it from hand up to fist and then flicked it toward his dugout. I mean, that was impressive. This guy can really hit home runs. He means business. Home run hitting derby champ and then doing it in games for the Mets. He's got a gigantic future. Hopefully he won't Pharrell it up in the big city. Sometimes once they get big and famous, they melt down like an ice cream cone. He hit that home run when they were wearing nicknames on their jersey. He had Polar Bear on his jersey. Alonzo's the Polar Bear. He loves the fans in New York and Queens. They go crazy for the Polar Bear. The number two bat flip. Early on in the season, April 2nd, cold weather, Phillies and Nationals. Remember when your boy Bryce Harper played for the Nationals. Now he's playing for the Phillies on the road back in D.C. And the fans are booing him and hating him. Here he is with a shot of a hell exit. Unbelievable. He hit an absolute mammoth gargantuan shot and admired his work with a very impressive home run and bat flip at Nationals Park for the Phillies. How good did that have to feel for Harper who played there for his whole career before he went to the Phillies and then he's back in D.C. and gets to hit that bomb and then flick the bat like a champion into the upper deck. I mean, that thing was a gigantic home run. I told you all season long, I kept saying on my radio show, 
that the guy was going to hit 35 home runs and have 100 RBIs, and he did exactly that. Everybody thought I was crazy, but the guy produced big time for the Phillies. I'm telling you, they're going to be a really good baseball team with Harper on there. As long as he's healthy and in his prime, they are going to win with Bryce Harper. I can feel it coming. I don't know about you. I think they'll win a World Series there. The number one bat flip of the year, March 30th. They weren't even April yet. And the A's out at the ashtray in Alameda with a bomb to left off the Angels' Pena. Canna get a bat flip. Canna gets the top bat flip of the year with a toss up in the air like a pencil. He just threw it straight up. The bat never moved one inch. It just went straight up in the air like a rocket and then came down and landed. I'm not sure that that was better even than Acuna's or Harper's, but they rated it the top bat flip. I thought that one was kind of pathetic, to be honest with you, but whatever. They said Jose Bautista's bat flip for the Blue Jays was the best bat flip ever, and not just in the 2019 season, but the best bat flip ever in the ALDS up in Toronto, so... That was pretty cool. At least I enjoyed watching all those mammoth home runs and walk-off jobs. I could care less about the bat flips, but I guess it is a big-time thing now. So back to Manfred, his juggling of the deal with the players, proposal to pay minor league players, and securing a pledge from the owners to not make cost-cutting moves until May has kept him from making his ruling on the Red Sox. He has said that they're done with the investigation. There's been a delay in terms of producing a written report just because I, frankly, have not had time to turn to it uh, with the other issues. But we're going to get the Boston report out before they resume play. Resuming and resuming at a proper time in the proper place in front of the proper number of fans, which might be none, no fans, is among the tasks to project. Manfred sees baseball having a great impact, which makes simply playing games of great importance to the league and players. He said, quote, I think it's going to mark a real milestone in the return to normalcy. I think he saw it after 9-11 in terms of the resumption of play. I was there in Shea Stadium that night. We began playing. It was one of the most memorable games I've ever attended. It's an honor for our sport to be regarded in that way, that we have been part of our country coming back from some horrific events, and we hope that we can play a similar role with respect to this one, obviously meaning the virus that's going on. I got to tell you, though, here's a thought uh, to chew on. So the unemployment rate came out at over 3.2 million Americans are unemployed now. That's crazy. That number is insane. So what it means is, is that tons of people, millions of people have lost their jobs. Millions of people can't afford to pay their rent or their mortgage or their bills, their electric bill, their water bill, any bill, cell phone bill, cable bill, car payment, you name it, kids' college tuitions. How the hell do you do it when you lose your job? You don't do it. So the question begs, who in their right mind, when you have no money and you're worried about every single penny and nickel and quarter and dollar that you can get your hands on, you're going to go blow it on baseball tickets? What, are you going to go see a Yankee game for $500 for two people? You're going to go pay that $50 parking tab in the Bronx to go see the Yankees and drop a nickel at the game? Baseball, when it returns, will be for rich people. 
Rich people will be the only people that go to baseball games because they'll be the only people that have any money to go pay for the tickets and parking and concessions. Who in their right mind that loses their job and loses everything and can't afford to pay their bills and rent is going to go to a G-damn baseball game besides no one? I think it's going to take a long time for the country to even think about recovering from this pandemic. I think that baseball will have a massive attendance problem this summer if they do come back and play. I think baseball will probably and most likely flourish on television. I think people will watch the games because they're going to be home and they're going to have excess money to blow. People are going to try to get their finances in order and get their lives back in order and be able to feed their families and pay their mortgage and pay their bills before they start going out and going to baseball games. It's expensive. You go to a baseball game, you spend all kinds of money. That's like a big night out. That's at the very least a couple hundred bucks automatic. I don't care what team you go see. If you could go to a baseball game with two people for under $100, I'd like to see it. Let's say you got the tickets free. I still say you spend $100 parking, concessions, beer, whatever, hot dogs at the game. Now, they always have these deals where you buy two tickets, you get two hot dogs, two Cokes, two beers, whatever it is, and the whole thing costs you 50 bucks or whatever it is. But it's still expensive. What, people just go and have one beer and one hot dog and sit there for four hours? So the bottom line is, I think that this summer, if they go back and play, let's say the pandemic ends and people try to get back to normalcy in their lives, at some point, they might go see a baseball game. Fair enough. I'm not going to deny that. And if you look at it honestly, you'll say rich people, people that have excess dollars, people that have money, people that aren't affected by the pandemic, that never once felt anything, no loss or anything, everything was normal for them, they're going to go to baseball games. They'll be like, let's go to the baseball game. No problem. Let's go. We'll have a good time. We'll party. But anyone that struggles, anyone that doesn't make six figures, anyone that doesn't have tons of money in the bank, anyone that doesn't have excess spending cash, anyone that can't pay their bills, anyone that can't put a tank of gas in their car, anyone that doesn't have a job, you think they're going to a baseball game? I can guarantee you they're not. So I think baseball is going to have a massive attendance problem. No one's going to go. And that bodes for all sports. Who's going to spend money they don't have on going to sporting events? When you could sit on your fat ass at home and watch it on television because every one of these leagues shows every single game on television. That's what people are going to do. They're just going to stay home, try to get their finances in order, and they're going to watch sports on television every night when they get home if they even have a job. Most people that have lost their jobs are going to dedicate their life to finding a job and not going to some baseball game so that Rob Manford and all these baseball owners can make money. I mean, it's almost laughable. You honestly think that they're going to go to baseball games when everybody's crippled and they can't do a thing and they can't feed their families? I mean, you got to be kidding me. So anyway, I think it's going to be a really bizarre season at the end of the day. I hope that they get back to playing baseball. I think it'd be really nice to be able to watch baseball on TV. I don't care about filling their coffers with money because, like I said, people aren't going to do it. But to watch on TV would be nice. It'd be a nice escape, a nice reprieve from all this stress and chaos and the pandemic and everything else. If you could actually sit and watch a baseball game with your kids or whoever in a family or by yourself or whatever, just to have something to do. I mean, no sports sucks. No games on TV sucks, even worse. We've had no March Madness. 
no tournament, no anything. They canceled every single sport. So, I mean, we got to get something back. I don't care if it's the NBA, NHL, or both, or baseball. Give us something, for God's sakes, so that we can get some kind of life going again and that people can be happy. I don't care about baseball players making tons of money either and all these athletes making hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm not interested in any of that. I just want to see somebody playing baseball so I can enjoy the game and, frankly, bet on the game. I hope you enjoyed another edition of Pharrell on a Bench, what would have been opening day. But since we have no baseball, that sucks. What are you going to do, huh? I guess watch bat flips and talk about broken promises and cheaters and liars and heathens and freaks. I'll see you soon on another episode of FOTB, baby. Shake out who. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.